Welcome to the Stull Community of Faith podcast. May you be blessed as you listen to our Sunday scripture and message by Pastor Kyle Scheidemann. Our scripture reading today comes from Matthew 5, 21 through 37. And when I read this and I saw Pastor Kyle's sermon title, I was like, wow, we better hold on. Because Jesus teaches about anger is what my Bible entitles. You have heard it was said to the people long ago, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still with him on the way, or he may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown in prison. I tell you the truth, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for marital unfaithfulness causes her to become an adulteress, and anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes, and your no, no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. This is the word of God for the people of God. Well, here it is. It, it's uh, it's, it's uh, Super Sunday, Super Bowl this afternoon. Uh, imagining a lot of you going to watch. Uh, most of us will, even though even though some people have little or no interest in in football, they're still going to be be uh, be uh, watching this annual spectacle. You know, the churches around um, do some a lot of different things on Super Bowl Sundays. Um, bulletins across America today, they're going to be uh, a zillion sermon titles that are going to reflect the Super Bowl. I was, uh, was reading last week uh, about a, a church that really got into the, into the Super Bowl. Um, the ushers, they, they were dressed as, as referees, okay? <laughs> and, and they had marked the pews off like yard lights, okay? And, um, and at the beginning of the service, the, the choir director and, and the pastor came down in the, in the uh, in front and they were fully robed 
and then they peeled off, and this was from last year to 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 observe the LA Rams and the, and the Cincinnati Bengals. And they had their sweatshirts on, and so they flipped a coin to see who was going to uh, who was going to lead the choir and who was going to preach. And of course, the the choir director uh, she got to direct. Of course, the choir had a couple of chairs ready, and at hymn times, the ushers were equipped with yellow flags to throw to those that weren't singing. <laughs> And with approximately two minutes to go, the organist blew a two-minute whistle. <laughs> Those crazy Presbyterians, you just, you, know, you just never know. Oh my, anyway, it, it's fun. You know, I was thinking too about, uh, you know, um, about how many prayers are going to be said this afternoon. Um, and so I know the Lord's going to be busy answering all of those for which team's going to win. Well, on a serious note, I, I, I know you're, you're probably familiar with the old camp song that we used to sing as kids as we gathered around. When you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Remember that one? And then the song goes on to tell us to stomp our feet and then to shout amen. And you know, when those happy feelings bubble up inside us, they just need to be expressed. You, you kind of like what we're going to see now. Now feel free to join in. saw the video on what we can do when we're really happy. We can clap our hands, we can stomp our feet, we can shout hooray. But what is it that happens when we're angry? You know, I can't think of a single song that outlines a healthy, acceptable way to express our anger. 
So when you were growing up, did you ever get any advice about what to do when you got angry? You know, maybe, maybe your parents or, or your grandparents or maybe your teachers, they offered you suggestions about, about how to channel your frustrations so that it wouldn't lead to, to loud outbursts or unacceptable behavior. And this is an important lesson for children who often experience frustration. Think back to when you were a child. Maybe you can remember some things that, that made you mad. Maybe it was being told that, well, you're not old enough to play with the big kids. Or, or maybe it was an inability that you, you just couldn't seem to master the skills of, of, of tying your shoelaces or, or riding a bike or, or climbing a tree. Or maybe you had siblings who made it their life's work to hide your playthings, or, or conveniently arrange it so that, that you were to take the blame for every mishap. And there's countless incidents every day when anger and frustration and annoyance can enter into our lives. What was the, what was the advice that you received? Did anyone ever tell you to take a deep breath? Or maybe count to 10, or it was really bad, count to 20. Maybe go outside, take a walk. Or, or, or maybe, maybe to change the scenery so that you could kind of gather and come back to perspective. You know, those tactics don't always work, but they do provide at least a little bit of a gift of time. And it's often important to, to slow the moment down, to, to pause so that we, we don't do something in anger that we're only going to regret later. Jesus, he speaks about anger as one who knows what it is like to, an ex to experience that very powerful emotion. In what Brenna just read from this, is, this was referred to as the, as the Sermon on the Mount that she read today. And so Jesus offers a series of contradictions. He begins each statement by saying, you have heard, and then goes on to offer very different perspectives. And Jesus gets our attention by, by starting the well-known well uh, being prohibited against murder. And that law had been set down some 1,500 years earlier in the Ten Commandments. And this widely accepted statement is something most societies across the globe, they agree on, at least in principle, we cannot allow our citizens to kill one another. If they do, there will be punishment. However, Jesus surprises his listeners by saying that is, there is, it is not enough to refrain from murdering. Jesus expects more from his followers. He instructs them not to act out in anger. If we take a moment to reflect on the life of Jesus, we can consider events in his life 
that led to anger. And we can learn a lot from his reactions. One example took place toward the end of his life. Remember, Jesus had just entered into Jerusalem, and it was on Palm Sunday. And he came into this holy city. The crowds are praising him, and they are shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna to the Son. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And the impression was in this moment that the whole city was worshiping and they were praising God. And they were praising Jesus. That everyone was gathered in his name, that everyone was seemingly wanting to, to follow his teachings, and that everyone was ready to love their neighbors and to love God with all their heart and their mind and their strength. It was a glorious day. But imagine then Jesus is discussed when he goes into the temple, the sacred of sacreds, the holy place, and he finds that people in there are not bowed down in prayer, but instead he finds this huge throng of people that are using the courtyard of the temple as a marketplace. It would be like entering into our beloved sanctuary and, and finding tables that are set up all across the pews. And people were selling their wares and collecting money. It's a giant flea market. And when Jesus saw this going on in the marketplace, he was angry. And he uttered the harsh words that said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. You are making it a den of robbers. And in anger, he takes and he overturns all the tables. He drives the merchants out of the temple. Man, it must have been a noisy, chaotic scene. But nothing was going to stop Jesus and his fury. And then in just a few short days later, Jesus was in circumstances where anger might have seemed to be the appropriate response, but Jesus didn't express emotion. You remember they had the Last Supper, and there he is, he's with his disciples and the beauty and the peace of the garden. They're on a Jerusalem hillside. And then soldiers, they came to arrest Jesus. They're going to haul him off to trial. And this time it was Simon Peter. And he got angry. And we can understand why. Peter had recognized Jesus as being the Messiah. He had been following him for years. And now Peter is seeing his beloved teacher being treated just like some second-class common criminal. And Peter's anger drove him to pull his sword and he sliced off the ear of the high priest's slave. It was another loud, emotional, chaotic scene. And in that moment, there must have been yelling and there was shouting and there was pushing and there was screaming and there was blood. And there was pain. And that is what anger can look like. 
But Jesus transformed that moment by halting Peter's angry response. Jesus cried out, no more of this. And he touched the injured soldier, the servant, healed his wound. And that instant of anger was changed into a witness of grace and compassion and healing. Those are two separate incidents and examples of rage with two different outcomes. Jesus demonstrates that anger in and of itself is not negative. However, it does matter how we use and how we react to anger. Anger can be as simple as the annoyance that we experience when some idiot cuts in front of us in the grocery line, for heaven's sake, or when this reckless driver puts our lives at risk out on the highway. But then on the other hand, anger can be as complex as, as being hurt by somebody that we know and we trust. Anger can be a profound experience of dis disillusionment when somebody acts without integrity. And I know all of us, we've all experienced this emotion that can cause us to lose sleep or to have knots in our stomach. And when Jesus cautions us about anger toward our brother or sister and directs us to reconcile with those who have something against us, Jesus is not telling us to avoid anger. Instead, he is acknowledging that our frustration, our misunderstandings and hurt feelings are all a part of the human experience. Jesus isn't telling us how to feel. Rather, Jesus instructs us on how we are to respond to these challenging situations. Jesus is talking more about more than emotions here. Jesus is describing a lifestyle, a way to carry out our lives, a way to conduct ourselves. It is how we react to that anger. That's what it is that matters. And when we are hurt, when we are insulted, when we are betrayed, when we are disappointed, we will feel many things, including anger. And our response to these situations, how we act, how we treat others, it matters. If we live a life of vindictiveness and we focus on revenge and we concentrate on avenging ourselves, we will be defined by that. There are certainly occasions when we are justifiably angry. We human beings have the ability to do great harm to one another. And there are times when we suffer an injustice or an ex we experience a physical or emotional hurt at the hand of another. It's important to note that Jesus does not qualify the types of angers that we might experience. Holding on to any kind of anger is generally bad for us. It is said that when we hold on to a grudge, 
It is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. We need to use our anger constructively so its destructive power does not fester within us. And when we hold on to anger without finding a constructive outlet, it can consume us. On the other hand, if we lash out in rage, we can harm others. Clearly, we need the wisdom and we need the guidance of God. And thankfully, God does not ask us to confront this dilemma alone. Jesus says, when you are offering your gifts at the altar, if you remember that a, your brother or your sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be, recon first be reconciled to your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. It's not a matter of self-control, biting our tongues or avoiding the source of our fury. It's about realizing that without God's wisdom and guidance, anger can be paralyzing. When our hearts are filled with frustration and envy and bitterness, we are not in a position to worship or to receive God's blessings. And Jesus, he instructs us to first seek reconciliation and peace so that we can be released from the grip of anger. We're not alone in the struggle. We are called to be self-aware and, and, and not deny the fury that may dwell within us. If we find ourselves filled with anger or the desire for revenge, we should stop everything and go to the God of, of love and new life who will minister to our warring spirit. We're not asked to have superhuman strength and never experience frustration or anger or disappointment. We are instructed to throw ourselves on God's, God's altar of renewal, not to be punished, but instead to be healed to be ministered to, to be surrounded by God's balm and, and given a righteous way to constructively express our anger. You know, anger is very complicated. We may need to ask for God's help with this complex emotion again and again. But yet, the invitation is open. God welcomes us with a reminder that as we struggle with the thorny interactions we have with our brothers and our sisters. We're not alone. We Christians, we, we struggle with how to express anger, which can make us feel very uncomfortable. And his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells us on how to focus on this powerful emotion. Amen? Let's, let's, let's bow our heads in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we, we take a deep breath. We know you're right. We all have experienced it, but it's how we deal with it. And Lord, we just ask that when we have those moments of frustration, we just, we're so angry, 
that we will pause, we will come to you and say, Lord, what would you do in this situation? How can you help me handle it? And Lord, I, I, I feel that you will answer us, that you'll tell us how to do it. And thank you, Lord, for, for the sermon that you gave to your disciples and gave them instruction as you give us. And we just pray, Lord, that when those days happen to us, and they will, that you'll be right there with us to give us balm, quiet, and that you'll help us see our way through and forgive our brothers and sisters as you have forgiven us. And so as we follow the light of Christ out, let us go to the world with God's love, choosing to share it with everybody we meet. And let us go into our neighborhoods with Jesus' hope, choosing to care for all who are in need. And let us go with our lives full of the Spirit's peace, choosing to offer it in the name of the broken places around us. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us. May he be gracious unto us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us peace this day and every day to follow. Amen. Go in peace. <laughs>